a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra Studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys episode 12B. This is our look at the rest of the upcoming Week 12 games that weren't played on Thanksgiving Thursday. And in addition to the Week 12 games, we're also going to be talking about the CFL and the Grey Cup this weekend between the Calgary Stampeders and the Toronto Argonauts. But first, with me as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central is Andy, the prognosticator Attridge. How's it going there, bud? Uh, it's going really well, thank you. Um, still full from the turkey, but the tryptophan is still uh, coursing through the veins, but it was worth it. We Absolutely had a great week, worth it. Or we had a great Thursday anyway. We did. We went uh, we went 3-0 and against the spread, which is always a nice way to start the week. Um, I'll be bluntly honest with you, though, for 56 minutes of that uh, Giants-Washington game, I kept thinking, wow, I should not have taken the professional football team from Washington. These Giants are keeping it close. I mean, it was an ugly game. It was really an ugly game. Um, but, yeah, um, Washington pulled out the win and the cover at the end. So uh, happy to be on the right side of that one. The other two, yeah, the other two kind of unfolded the way I figured they would. Dakota couldn't get anything going through the air, on the ground. Just um, They looked anemic. Their defense didn't do that great without Sean Lee, as predicted as well. Well, absolutely. Uh, Big difference maker. Um, You know, at least seven of those points came off uh, defensive turnovers for touchdowns. But, um, yeah, no, the chart, no hats off to the Chargers, hats off to the Vikings. They look, um, you know, it's a longer shot, obviously, for the Bolts, but both teams look like uh, they could do quite well in the playoffs if they keep it up. Let's begin with the news of the week. Case Keenum has proven to be the acquisition of the year as the Vikings are sitting atop the NFC Norris at 9-2. and two. Yes, I just said that, 9-2, and two, all for the bargain basement price of $2 million. Now, that's a great free agent signing, and that is quality management. This makes the Dolphins' $10 million investment in smoking Jay Cutler look just plain stupid. Of course, that's only one of the Dolphins' ridiculous personnel decisions. Hey, babe, miss you. Thinking about you. How about me going to a meeting and doing this before I go? There's those big grains falling, but I miss you. I miss you a lot. Cowboys didn't just lose on Thanksgiving. They barely even showed up. And then after the game, Jerry Jones gave coach Jason Garrett the equivalent of the mafia's kiss of death by saying that Garrett had his vote of confidence. When an owner says something like this, the coach is usually on the hot seat. You don't see Robert Kraft in a presser saying that the hoodie has his vote of confidence. Hopefully the real estate market in Dallas isn't too soft because Garrett's house is probably going to be on the market in January. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, because I don't want ass prints on my new door. 
And the leader of the Law and Justice Party in Poland is getting lambasted by the press for using his time on the floor to read a book about cats allowed to his fellow members of parliament. It's amazing, really. We can't even go one week anymore without a political controversy about pussy. I love weed, okay? I love it. But not as much as I love pussy. Okay, let's fire it up with our weekly picks. Buffalo at Arrowhead. It's Kansas City, nine and a half point favorites at home. Yeah, this spread's a little puzzling considering that uh, Kansas City's lost four of their last five games, including one against the Giants last And their week. offense looked very anemic. Um, if, if even that, I think that's given them a little bit too much credit. Um, that being said, they still have Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt and they can run the ball and they can throw the ball. Um, I don't see Andy Reid going off script too much here. Um, but more importantly, the bills, uh, have announced that Tyrod Taylor will be their starting quarterback, which had to have been an awkward conversation. Um, the Nathan, Nathan Peterman experiment did not work out well, um, whether or not they think he's their guy for the future or not, um, it will indeed be Tyrod Taylor starting, which means they're probably not going to be turning the ball over a lot. He's a great, uh, great ball manager. And Shady McCoy should have a decent game. The only thing that concerns me is that Calvin Benjamin is now out with an injury. Uh, but they haven't really been using him much anyway, so I don't know how much that's going to hurt them. Um, I think that they're, they're going to be running the ball a lot. They're going to keep the field short, and uh, I think they're coming, covering the nine and a half points on the road. Well, part of Kansas City's problem is their secondary couldn't cover a pot on the stove with a lid. Like, I have to say that the return of Tyrod, he's going to get the confidence of the offense. Uh, I think they're going to be happy to have him back, and I think there's going to be that little bit of a bump in everybody's play. Uh, couple that with Kansas City's like downward trajectory. They look great at the beginning of the season, and their offense hasn't been able to do squat, and their vaunted defense has uh, been allowing a lot of points. So I'm with you, man. I think uh, Kansas City should win this game outright, but I think it's a lot closer than nine and a half points. I'm with you on the. They, they should, but don't don't be surprised if they don't do that either. Um, this is I, I I like this game a lot. I, I like the Bills to to cover for sure. It's up to you, New York, New York. Carolina in New York facing the Jets. Jets and uh, the Jets are five point underdogs at home. Yeah, well, that uh, that line opened a little lower at four and a half, uh, went up to five today. Uh, the Jets, by the way, are the only team in the entire National Football League to cover every spread at home so far this year. Um, they've been covering a lot of spreads in general. Uh, I don't know. Um, Carolina has last three weeks has been playing really well. Their defense is uh, their defense is doing well. Jonathan Stewart is finding his legs. A uh, little pressure off Cam Newton. You know when Cam Newton's having fun, oh. smiling, he plays like he plays like Superman. But when he's down in the dumps and he's grumpy, he's throwing the ball all over the field erratically. So 
which Cam Newton do we see here? Uh, I don't know. This, this this one was tough to pick, but the Jets have been a covering machine this year, and unless Cam is playing spectacularly on the road, um, I think that the uh, I think that the Jets are going to cover this one. I think weather comes into play here as well. This is New York, and mm-hmm. uh, Carolina doesn't quite play in the same climate. I think that's what will help keep Cam Newton's uh, a pass game down a little bit. They're going to have to develop the run, and I think the Jets, you're right, they're covering machine because they're, they're, their offense has been pretty erratic, but their defense has been pretty stalwart. I think they can keep it within five points. I like the Jets as home dogs. Well, the other thing we uh, we probably should mention here is that uh, Greg Olson is now officially off the injured reserve list. So he's going to be back in the offense, which is a nice little weapon for Cam, but he hasn't been playing there uh, for weeks and weeks. So how much they use him, don't know. Um, you know, these guys have uh, a history of great chemistry in the past. Um, certainly a benefit to Cam, but yeah, as I say, I, I, I don't know exactly how healthy he is or how much they're going to use them but yeah i'm sticking with the jets i want to kiss you i couldn't care less about the team struggling i want to kiss you thanks joe okay we're all very lucky here and that's the real message of this holiday season so let's all join in the thanksgiving prayer the prayer (laughs) we thank dicka and god for all they have provided for the food we eat the air we breathe, and for the domination enjoyed by a certain team from a certain town that hey, starts hey, with hey, a hey, 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 the game start. Oh, all right, all right, all right. We'll get back to that during a commercial. Enjoy the games, folks. Well, to Philadelphia, where my Bears are going to go into a to see a very hot Philadelphia Eagles team. Philadelphia and the spreads reflecting it. Philadelphia is favored by 13 and a half points. And uh, as a Bears fan, this is what's a really big kick in the balls is we're going to have to go see Alshon Jeffrey, who was amazing for us, and we let him go. And just how great would it have been for our awesome rookie quarterback to have an awesome wide receiver to throw downfield to? A guy that can make plays. Alshon Jeffrey is a legitimate playmaking wide receiver, a guy that could catch the ball with one hand in double coverage. Yeah, well, he got a touchdown reception last week, and that was he was even questionable before the game uh, from an injury standpoint. Philadelphia Eagles, if in case you've been hiding uh, under a rock, are 9-1 and one this year. Um, so here's a neat little stat that I heard uh, earlier in the week. So teams that have started the season 9-1, and one, on a percentage basis, what do you think? What do you think the the percentage of them getting into the playoffs are at nine and one? It's happened sixty seven times. It's happened sixty seven times. I'd say it's yeah, got to be in the high eighties at least. Sixty seven out of sixty seven, hundred percent of the time they make the playoffs, and in fact, seventy two percent chance that at nine and one they'll win a playoff game. They've made it to the Super Bowl forty nine percent of the time. And as you would expect, has won the big show about half that. So 25% of the time, a team that starts 9-0 and wins the Super Bowl. And uh, we called it last week. We could see the Battle of Pennsylvania because uh, the Steelers are playing lights out. they got a pretty easy game this week. So um, look for this thing to roll. But let's talk about this number. That's a lot of points. Especially against – I know Chicago's offense has not been very good this year, but their defense is lights out. They're – 
Yeah, they're they're playing pretty well. Um, Maybe lights you know, out is a little bit of hyperbole. Well, but a little bit, a good a little bit of hyperbole. Fast, right? They're going to be able to keep up. Yeah, they're um, just checking the injury report. They're pretty banged up at the wide receiver position, and that wasn't uh, a very the depth chart on that one wasn't great to begin with. Nope. So that's really going to make them one-dimensional with Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. I know Cohen can get on the outside and catch a few passes as well. Um, I don't normally like (laughs) playing this many points, but I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going to do it this week because Philadelphia has done nothing but impress me this year. They're, they're just playing incredible football. Um, the only thing better than their offensive line is their defensive line. Uh, they're running the ball well. Jay seems to be fitting in well. I, yeah, I just, don't, I just don't see them slowing down at all. And uh, I don't think, sorry, no offense, Matty, I don't, I don't see them um, playing down to the level of the Bears right now. No, I, I actually agree with you. The gambler in me would take that 13.5 points. I just will be abstaining from that game because... Just due to sadness. <laughs> it's hard to use the word abstinence on a Thanksgiving to, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, but no, it uh, it makes sense. I don't know. I, that's not a normal wise guy play, but that's what we're doing. Baby, if you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me, I'm living on the air in Cincinnati, Cincinnati WKRP. All right. Well, let's move to the probably one of the uh, one of the top games of the week, and of course, I'm talking about the Battle of Ohio between the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bungles. This spread sitting at just over touchdown, seven and a half point favorites. Uh, I'm not going to do this game any more justice by speaking about it more than I need to. Uh, Right now, uh, the Browns for us have been on auto fade for the last four weeks. This week is not going to be any different. Um, I thought that they actually, they looked like they were going to cover against the Jaguars last week, but lo and behold, they did not at the end. And this is not going to be much different. Cincinnati Cincinnati actually played a pretty good game on the road against Denver last week. Um, And I think for them, they're, they're trending in the right direction. And I look to see them playing pretty well at home. Yeah, you're absolutely right about last week. They look like they're going to cover, but they're the Cleveland Browns. They remember who they are in the fourth quarter. Yeah, well, in the minute they feel that little bit of pressure, they fold Mm -hmm. faster than the Japanese origami champion. Like, (laughs) they're such a minor league franchise. I bet you players have to drive themselves from Cleveland to Cincinnati. (laughs) Well, it's not a long drive, but, you know, you know, but they, they probably have to. They probably stay at a Super 8. I'd have to say that uh, Cincinnati should easily cover the spread. Another big spread this week is down in New England. Miami comes into Foxborough, and uh, that's a big spread, isn't it, Andy? 16 points? Like, even for New England. I know Miami stinks, and so does Smoke and Jay. Like, he's good for eight points to the other team, usually. Usually. Well, we're not even sure who's going to be the quarterback yet. 
Um, That's oh, true. hang on. Hang, no, no, I just got the report. Uh, Bill Belichick confirmed that Tom Brady is going to be playing quarterback this week. Um, this line started at plus 17, or sorry, at minus 17 for New England. It's now down to 16. Um, you know, as I mentioned with the Eagles game, I don't like uh, I don't like laying points like that, even with the Patriots at home. And I'm not going to do it here. In fact, I'm taking the Dolphins. I think it's just it's just way too big for a professional football team. Uh, these guys have a lot of self respect, and yeah, if Jay Cutler isn't in, that's probably a benefit to them. Uh, but I I think they keep this one closer than 16 for sure. Yeah, it's kind of like playing blackjack here. You just got to, or even poker, you got to play the statistics. And statistically, if you look back at all the NFL games ever played where there were spreads that are like 14 points and higher, the team covering uh, usually isn't the favorite. So, you know, if you just play these consistently, you should be up over time. I agree with you. The Dolphins should, they're going to they're gonna lose, but I, I think they cover 16 points. Yeah, well, I, I don't have the exact figures in front of me, but, um, I think people would be quite astonished at Bill Belichick's against the spread record uh, once the line climbs to this much. I think uh, I think over t- anything over twelve, he's he's by far sub five hundred. So um, yeah, don't be too scared of taking the points on this one. All right, the newly hot, well, not newly, I guess, but the hot, yes. at, yeah, no, new, newly hot, newly yeah, hot, newly hot, the newly hot Atlanta Falcons. Minus 10, their favorites over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And yeah, like they're, they're lighting it up now. They're, they're looking like NFC contenders. They are. Freeman's not going to be playing. Um, on Tampa Bay's side, Winston is out. That kid from Harvard is playing all right. And of course, talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, he's 2-0 since, uh, since he had to come in as a starter. That's a big spread. Uh, I don't, you know, a divisional game like that, I um, I'm 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 surprised that it is as high as it is, and I I don't see any justification for taking the Falcons at this one. Um, look for Tampa Bay to cover the ten. All right, this will be the first one I disagree with you. I think the Falcons play like super well at home. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks are nothing to write home about this year. Uh, Matt Ryan's on a tear. He's connecting with his receivers. Everything's in sync, and for the first time in a long time, the Atlanta Falcons are playing defense. That's what's pretty exciting because when you got a quarterback like Matt Ryan who can put points on the board and you put a defense with them that can keep points off the board, that's, uh, that's a successful team that's going to the playoffs. I think they're going to cover this 10-point spread at home. Yeah, ever since I was a boy, I've always loved the Atlanta Falcons. All right, the next game uh, features the Tennessee Titans at Indianapolis Colts. Right now, the line is sitting at uh, three and a half in favor of the Titans. Came down from, I believe it was four and a half, opened it. This is actually a tough game to pick. When I first saw the line, I was like, oh, come on, give me Indy at home. You know, they covered against Pittsburgh. They, um, they've they actually covered against quite a few teams. But if you think about it, the only two games that they've won at home this year are against the 49ers and the Browns. And we had talked about the Tennessee Titans earlier in the year. Um, I was a little bit more bullish on them um, than I am now, but th- they're they're still in contention. The AFC is so bad this year that uh, you know a team even with their record they they've still got a, a fairly decent chance of making the playoffs uh, if they you know if they don't make a lot of mistakes. I think Mariota's going to have a pretty good game. 
Um, I don't see this one being a blowout, but I think they cover the three and a half on the road. Yeah, this game reminds me a lot of uh, that South Park episode where Stan, he doesn't want to vote because he has to choose between a douche and a turd sandwich. <laughs> wow. And does that's that, pretty uh, much yeah. like other than the Battle of Ohio this week, this one is probably, you know, just as, just as much garbage. I'm not really looking forward to it. I, th- I, agree yeah, with not- you. I agree with you that I think the Titans should cover this one on the road. Indianapolis is just, they're just done this year. They've packed it in. Well, they've, uh, but it, to their credit, they have played respectably in that they're, they're keeping good teams close. Um, in fact, I thought Pagano would have been canned two months ago. Yeah, I think we had that. Um, uh, I think we bet that, didn't we? Well, yeah, there was a line on it, but they're doing just well enough that he's still got a job. And you know, it's not like the team's demoralized, like say uh, uh, the New York Giants, uh, who are absolutely just mailing it in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they'll, they'll have a little bit of fighter in them. I just think Tennessee, just from a talent standpoint, uh, a little bit better. Fucking forty-niners, fucking forty-nine. Come on, nobody. Fucking forty-niners, fucking forty-niners, fucking forty-niners, fucking. Come on, everybody, niners, fucking forty-niners, fucking forty. Down to San Francisco Bay. Seattle coming into San Fran, and the Niners are six-and-a-half-point underdogs. What say you about your Niners this weekend, buddy? Well, we're not 100% sure who's going to be taking the snaps under center. Will Garoppolo, see- um, you, you know, will Garoppolo start? Jimmy G, I, I don't believe that he will, and here's why. Uh, CJ played a great game uh, against the Giants two weeks ago. They, they're, they're coming off the bye, but he played a really good game two weeks ago. Um, I think that that lifted their spirits up enough that they probably want to roll with him again. And at the same time, he's getting his ass handed to them. Their offensive line is a sieve. And I just think that they don't want to, I don't think they want to put Garoppolo in harm's way unnecessarily. So uh, look for them to be using the ground game a lot. Uh, But that being said, no, CJ looked very accurate through the air. um, And with two, thirds of the legion of boom not uh, not taking the field this week i'm looking for the 49ers to cover i think seattle's offense is playing really well i think they're gonna i think they're gonna cover that on the road well this is kind of uh this is a must win i hate saying that like you know week 12 or you know you say that any week but um if they are going to stay close and be competitive in the nf nfc that this is kind of a must win for them for sure, um, it's, it's it's the NFC is super competitive for a, yeah. a wild card this year. But with that offensive line, you got Russell scrambling around, and I think he I think he's a little more banged up than he'll, uh, he'll lead you to believe. But um, hold yeah, on, week, that week by week, a guy like that is going to wear down a bit, right? He has to because he uses so much of his body as compared to a prototypical quarterback like let's say a Matt Ryan who right. could be in the pocket and is only going to use his legs as absolutely necessary. Well, he's not showing any signs of slowing, but yeah, no. you got to you got to imagine it's taking a toll on him. But uh, I'm not saying they're the 49ers are winning outright, but they'll keep it close.
autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten, he wears a hooded sash, with a silver hat about his head, and a bristling black moustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Another game uh, down by the bay, Oakland, and uh, their rival Denver is coming into town. Oakland is four-and-a-half-point favorites over the Broncos, and uh, the Black Hole's got to be excited about that this week. They are. Uh, sort of no-man's land at four-and-a-half. I think the game started at five. Um, the Raiders were absolutely embarrassed in Mexico City against the Patriots last week, and I don't think that they're going to take that too lightly. Uh, Jack Del Rio always seems to put on a great defense, or maybe not great, but good enough. Um, when you think about Denver, yeah, their defense is still pretty good. They're starting Paxton Lynch this week, so you got a you got a rookie quarterback coming out there for the first time, and Cleo Max on the other side of the ball. You know he's licking his chops. Um, the Raiders, I um, unless they. We're not drinking the bottled water in Mexico City. I think they're uh, they're going to be pretty healthy, and I think they're going to be fired up, and I, I'm looking for them to cover the four and a half at home. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there. Rookie quarterback versus Oakland at home. That's a pretty mm-hmm. intimidating place to play your uh, first NFL game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Right? Absolutely. So definitely yeah. go with the Raiders to cover four and a half at home. All right, to the desert. The Arizona Cardinals taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Jacksonville is, I don't know. I think, uh, I think that they should easily be able to cover five and a half points. You would think so. You would think so. But Jalen Ramsey got injured in practice yesterday. So their top uh, defensive back is going to be out. And when you think of the Jaguars, you obviously think of their, their passing defense. Yeah. Their defense, their um, secondaries, just awesome. He was he was penciled in to cover Larry Fitzgerald. So with him not being there, and let's keep in mind, yeah, look at the record. They're pretty good. But they barely covered against the Browns last week. Like, th- there was a fluke play at the end of the game that allowed that cover to occur. That's very true. Um, fortunately for us, we were on that side. Um, but, uh, and, and I know that... Uh, you know, Arizona's down to their third-string quarterback in Blaine Gabbert. He actually had pretty decent numbers against Houston. Um, you know, certainly wasn't leading any uh, fantasy leagues, but he did he did fairly well, and I kind of expected him to do that. He's gotten a lot of bad press right from the time he entered the league, but uh, I think he'll manage the game. Again, hate using that phrase, but I think he'll manage the game. Uh, look for AP to have a pretty good day because – um, as great as everyone thinks the Jags' defense is, their rush or their um, their defense against the rush is is one of the worst in the league. So, uh, AP going to triple digits, and I think uh, I think the cards keep this one close. Public's betting huge on the Jags, which definitely means that we should consider Arizona a good pick. 
when the saints, when the saints come marching in, marching in, when the saints come marching in, marching in. This one has to be game of the week. Uh, these, these are two teams that uh, I'm looking forward to watch Duke get out. The L.A. Rams at home against the New Orleans Saints. And L.A. two-point uh, favorites at home. Yeah, no joke. This is uh, very legitimately the uh, one of the best games on the docket. I mean, these guys, these guys are playing really well. Now, New Orleans uh, has a couple guys banged up on defense that I think is going to dramatically affect the way the Rams are going to approach the game. You think, ah, just give, give them a big dose of Todd Gurley, but I think Jared Goff's going to have a pretty good day um, picking apart that secondary now. It's, um, uh, I think they signed two new guys off waivers this week um, in the defensive secondary position. So, um, yeah, with New Orleans, I think they travel well. So I'm not concerned about the fact that they're on the road, but... Um, I think the Rams were pretty embarrassed in Minnesota last week, and I think they're going to have a pretty big comeback game. So take the take play the two points at home. I'm going to go Rams. Yeah, it's it's. I think that's a good pick, but it's so tough to pick against New Orleans right now. They are probably the hottest team in the NFL. Yeah, I'm. You know, we pick all the games because that's what we do. But I'm not going near this one with a 10-foot pole. Uh, although, although, let me just, uh, before we move along to the next game, right now the over-under sitting at 54. I'm thinking that should be somewhere closer to 64 or possibly yes. 74. You're going to see a lot of scoring. Yeah, You're going to see a, a lot number. of scoring. So um, if I am going to have any actione on this game, it's going to be on the over. What about a teaser? Uh... You know what? That's a good question. New Orleans could cover eight. Yeah, you know what? That's that's probably not the worst one in the world, but I just think the outcome is going to be not that predictable. Other than with this, with high scoring games, usually if you, if I'm going to tease something like that, I'm looking for something with a fairly low over under, like forty three or lower. Um, with this one at fifty four, this is almost like a college game, right? You never know what's yeah. going to happen, so. Um, yeah, the over or nothing here, and that's about it. Sunday night football. The crappy Green Bay Packers at Pittsburgh. And uh, Pittsburgh, 14-point favorites at home on Sunday night. And uh, you mentioned it when we were talking off air, just how well Pittsburgh plays in primetime games. Yeah, this is one of four games uh, that have double-digit spreads. And... In fact, this one actually looks pretty legitimate. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, without Aaron Rodgers, have been exposed for all the crappy things that they have going on around them that Aaron Rodgers covered up with his brilliant performances. They, they're not playing defense well. Um, Brett Hundley is... I don't... He's certainly not meeting expectations, I'm sure, uh, with their management, and I don't think he's meeting expectations in their locker room. And you know what? Give the kid credit. He's trying. He's got big shoes to fill. But Pittsburgh plays really well under the lights. And I, they're just firing on all cylinders. And Le'Veon Bell is playing really well now. Um, of course, Antonio Brown's always going to be the number one guy as it relates to the wide receiver position. And uh, Roethlisberger's, is the te- is, 
Roethlisberger is as consistent as you're going to get as well. He's doing great. Well, you know, they they usually have – you can count on them to have one or two letdown games in the middle of the season, but they're yes. usually on the road against a mediocre team. But at home under the lights, and I think Roethlisberger is – each week he seems to be playing a little bit better than the, the previous one. I'm not that free. I'm not that afraid of the 14 points. So, as much as I feel like I should cash in my wise guy card at this point, I, I am actually going to take the four or lay the 14. Okay, and finally, Monday night football, the Baltimore Ravens at home against the injury-riddled Houston Texans and Baltimore seven-point favorites at home. So, yes, the Baltimore Ravens are a very even five and five. Uh, I think they're one of the more difficult teams to read so far this year. Uh, you never, you're not really sure what team's going to show up. But I think what we've seen in the last couple of weeks is that you know their defense is going to show up. Joe Flacco, I, I, I mean, let's call him a non-factor. Um, three of Baltimore's, of those five wins, three of them have been by shutouts, which is incredible. I think there was the 2004 team with uh, Ray Lewis and, and that group. Um, they had ended the season with four shutouts. So their defense is playing really well. I don't even, I, honestly, I don't, I don't care if Donald Trump was their quarterback right now. Um, I think they're covering this one. Houston, um, you know, with their with their second string quarterback, you know, who had a great win at home last week. He played he played well enough. He looked good, but um, you know, Deshaun Watson was their spark, and they're just not clicking on offense. And I, yeah, the seven points in a primetime game, I, I, I really like Baltimore to cover this one as well. Now, you know, as well as I do that Donald Trump has bone spurs in his heels. He can't play football. No, he's been on the IR for since Vietnam, well, since, since the sixties. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't look for him to start, but you know, as I say, you know, he could be a pretty good game manager and um, they'd still come out with the W and the cover. I love the smell of night palm in the morning. All right, before we move along any further, there is one other game worthy of discussion, and that would be the CFL's 105th Grey Cup between the Calgary Stampeders and the Toronto Argonauts. The game is being played at Lansdowne Park in Ottawa, and right now the Calgary Stampeders are a touchdown favorite with a total sitting at 53.5. Coming into this game, uh, Calgary is 5-0 against the spread, uh, against the double blue, which if you don't know is the Argonauts. The Argos are 6-2 against the spread in their last eight. Matty, what do you think about this? Well, let's give a little background on Canadian football for some of those who don't know some of the finer points just before I get into my take. And the thing about Canadian football is sometimes gets lost anyway. There's all these big pass plays and everybody thinks pass, pass, pass. But 
if you've got a good running game, just like the NFL, it takes a lot of pressure off of the passing game by keeping the linebackers close to the line of scrimmage and giving receivers some separation. But the style of running is different because the league is pass first. It's a pass first kind of football. This is because there's only three downs. So you really only have two downs to get your 10 yards before the special team takes the field. Because of the pass first mindset, the running plays are based off the pass. You won't see a lot of power running formation outside of short yardage. There's a lot more delays, screens, sweeps, and uh, zone blocking schemes inside. And why is this important? Well, because the Stampeders have an amazing duo of backs that have been tearing up the league this year, and their skill sets are very complementary of one another. Uh, Jerome Messam, he's a bruising runner, straight ahead style. And it takes a really good gang tackle to bring him down. He's not that kind of guy that you want to see and meet in the hole because when you hit him, you'll probably only end up feeling half your face. Um, they also got a little speedster they could send around the corner. Well, he's not little, but they, he's a speedster. His name's Roy Finch. He scored an amazing 50-yard uh, dash in Edmonton. Or sorry. He scored an amazing 50-yard touchdown dash in Edmonton. Uh, or against Edmonton in the Western Finals last week. So expect the Stamps to control time of possession and the line of scrimmage. That's going to give the Argos front seven fits. Uh, they're also as good in the air as they are on the ground, and this is their fourth Grey Cup game in the last six years. I don't think Toronto's going to be able to handle their experience or their level of talent. Pick Calgary to cover. Manny, what the hell do you know about the Stampeders anyway? I'm just kidding. Our listeners would have no reason to know this, but about 15 years ago, Maddie was a member of the team. I don't mean the equipment coordinator, the announcer, or even the water boy. He was an active member of their practice roster listed as a defensive back. Maddie, can you please elaborate? Well, I, I played my university football at Wilfrid Laurier University, known as the Golden Hawks, and they've got an excellent football program as far as Canadian college programs go. Um, I did go undrafted, but I went out west, and I kind of played for this Alberta football team called the Calgary Colts. And while I was there, um, I happened to be noticed and, and got called up to make the Stamps practice roster. And it was uh, one of the great times of my life. I got paid to play football. Um, and, and every week in practice, because I was, uh, I was part of the practice squad defense, I was playing against the starting offense of the Calgary Stampeders. In fact, the Stampeders in 2000 won a Grey Cup, and uh, I didn't get a ring. I wasn't part of the, uh, the playoff roster, but they won the Grey Cup, so just playing against those guys was, was fantastic. Well, that's pretty cool, man. That's, uh, that's good. So obviously you're going to be watching the game. I will be uh, watching the game. Although I'm getting yeah. to the point now where I'm old enough where guys that I played with aren't in the league anymore. I used to watch a lot of games and, you know, guys that I played against in the university system, um, even after I'd only played for a little bit, they, they were there. Uh, you know, a couple guys like Corey Grant, uh, if, for example, he comes to my mind. Uh, he played for a couple teams like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, I know Donnie Ruiz did one of our DBs as well. Uh, well, you we, played with Henry Burris. Uh, yeah, Henry was the quarterback. Uh, if he's not in the CFL Hall of Fame already, he, sh he will be when he's eligible. He will. Well, so he's just, only been retired yeah, a couple of years, He just retired, right? but he played for a long time. and This was obviously when he was a lot younger, and he's, he's a hell of a quarterback. Yeah, well, from a betting standpoint, um, so you mentioned about the Stamps being there in the last uh, four, last six years. Two of the last three great cups – the Stamps have been there as favorites of 10.5 and 7.5 and points, and they failed to cover both of those. 
And anyone that knows that dogs tend to bark in the championship knows that Toronto's probably going to have a pretty good showing. Calgary tends to be sort of overvalued in the playoffs. Um, in the last 15 games, they're 4-10-1 against the spread. And that's, sorry, that's uh, their last 15 postseason games. Um, right now, not only am I looking for the Argos to cover the seven points, but I'm kind of liking the money line at plus 260. Um, don't bet the house, but it should be a fun, entertaining game that's going to come down to the wire. And I'm looking for the Toronto Argonauts to cover outright. Well, you're swimming against the current in the Don River there, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I am. Thank you to all our fans for listening to episode 12 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all Week 12 games across the NFL. From the Cosa Nostra Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Why try? Changing it